When looking at South Carolina's entire football roster, there are plenty of players that could make some big gains this summer. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. And before we get into this Wednesday edition of Lockdown Gamecocks, I want to let y'all know that today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order that you make. The summertime is a very important stretch for major college football programs. There's a ton of old adages out there when it comes to the sport of football that the real work is put in the weight room during the off season. And the Gamecocks are getting a few more weeks to do just that before they begin fall camp in early August. And when looking at South Carolina's football roster, there are a plethora of guys that could make some serious gains this summer. And when looking at this roster, there were eight guys specifically that I picked out, and I want to go through them one by one for the majority of today's show. So let's start off with the guy that has the most to gain this summer for South Carolina. And in my opinion, that player is none other than Nicholas Harper. Nicholas Harper just arrived on campus quite literally in the last week, week and a half or so. So he has not been in Columbia very long. And that is why Nicholas Harper has the most to gain. And it's not necessarily something that's related to the weight room per se, because I think that when you look at photos and videos of Nicholas Harper, it's pretty clear already this guy has an advanced understanding of what he has to do to keep himself in shape. He already seems to be in good physical condition at this point, despite being just 18 years old. So I don't necessarily think that that's where the biggest gains could lie with Nicholas Harper throughout this vital stretch. But in my opinion, the areas where Nicholas Harper could make the biggest gains is with the rapport that he has with both his position coach in Justin Stepp, and some of his fellow teammates. Because unlike a few years back, the NCAA has relaxed some of their policies when it comes to on-field coaching and instruction during the summer period, which means that some of these assistant coaches could actually go out there on the field and run these guys through some plays and through some particular position-specific drills. And I do believe that that includes the actual on-field assistants like Justin Stepp. So if that's the case, then this is going to allow Nicholas Harper the chance to, again, really build his relationship with his new position coach. It's going to allow Justin Stepp, who's one of the best receiver coaches in the country when it comes to developing his talent, a chance to help Nicholas Harper learn the nuances of of the wide receiver position. It's also going to give Nicholas Harper an opportunity to work 
with some of his fellow teammates at the wide receiver position. It's going to allow him to build a chemistry with South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler. He can do some things such as maybe learn the expansive route tree that South Carolina might have in their offensive playbook. He can also get the timing down with Spencer Rattler, which is one of the most important things between a wide receiver and a quarterback. So there's a ton that Nicholas Harper is going to be able to do because he is here for the summer. He's going to be able to build relationships. He's going to be able to get a head start on learning some of the nuances of the position. And most importantly, probably out of all of this, he's going to get to formulate an on-field and off-field relationship with, again, some of his wide receiver teammates, but also, most importantly, Spencer Rattler. Now, in terms of the next group of guys who have the most to gain throughout this summer, I kind of cheated a little bit here because I did not just list one player. I listed three different edge defenders, and those guys are Jordan Stratton, Desmond Umeo-Zulu, and Brian Thomas Jr. I'm going to actually start off here with the most experienced guy out of this trio in Jordan Stratton. As everybody knows by this point, Jordan Stratton, he is coming off of what is his second torn ACL injury of his career to this point. He suffered the injury, of course, back in early September this past fall against the Arkansas Razorbacks on the road. And since then, obviously, Jordan Stratton has not been able to fully participate in really any entire practice schedule or any drills necessarily for South Carolina's defensive end position group. And admittedly right now, I'm unsure if Jordan Strawn is fully clear at this point. But if he's not fully back yet, you have to think that he's going to be right there, close to 100%, right as the Gamecocks are getting ready to go into fall camp. So here's why this summer is huge for Jordan Strawn. He has a chance to go through maybe some of these workouts. He, again, probably can't do everything that his teammates are doing. But it could probably go at, let's say, 80 to 85% capacity of what the workouts are requiring of all of the players. So he's going to get to go through some explosive body movements, which gosh knows he needs to do that with his knee. And also, he is going to get a chance, most importantly, to just mentally and physically and from a routine standpoint, get back into a groove before fall camp kicks off. Moving on from Jordan Stratton, let's now talk about Desmond Umeozulu real quick. Umeozulu was an early enrollee that came to campus back in January, and his main thing is the fact that Umeozulu right now, he doesn't carry the biggest frame when it comes to his weight, as he was listed at 240 pounds back in the spring practice stretch. Desmond Umeozulu is very clear. He is a guy that this defense is going to heavily rely on in terms of playing time this upcoming season. So Desmond Zulu, he is going to have to add some good weight to his frame. And here's the thing. He does not have to worry about the Columbia Heat and, most importantly, 15 spring practices possibly taking some of that weight off of him just purely because of all of the energy and calories that he is expending. So... Desmond Mayozu has got a really good opportunity here to hone in on his nutrition and also hone in on Luke Day's strength and conditioning programming even further regarding what all he expects of the players. 
And that's kind of the same deal with Brian Thomas Jr. Now, Brian Thomas Jr., he's been in the program for an entire year now compared to Desimio Zulu. So this is not his first rodeo, so to speak, I believe, in terms of this summer programming. But from a size standpoint, Brian Thomas Jr., he still has a ways to go here. Back in the spring, he was listed at 235 pounds. Now, here's the thing. When watching the spring game on TV back when it took place, Brian Thomas Jr., to me, did look like that he had added some good weight to his frame, which is a good sign because, again, much like Desmond Mayo Zulu, Brian Thomas Jr., the Gamecocks are going to need him in the worst way in 2023. And Brian Thomas Jr., he could not expect to be a guy that's going to get as many snaps as some of these other guys if he is going to be playing at 235 pounds. He's got to be probably at least 245, 250 if he's going to be playing that specialized edge rusher position in Clayton White's defensive front. This summer is going to offer him a good opportunity to be able to reach that particular weight range. Now, that was just a few football players, of course, for South Carolina. But I've got a couple more that I want to discuss. Some more guys that, again, have a lot to gain in this summer stretch. We'll dive into the second half of this group in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, look, we're now getting into the summer stretch here. And what that means is, obviously, we've got maybe some cleaning we're trying to do around the house. Maybe we're trying to reevaluate sort of where we are in our daily lives. And one of the things you might be reevaluating is your wardrobe. Maybe you're tired of wearing some clothing that is really restrictive in terms of the material that it's made of. Maybe you're looking for a new pair of shorts, some different clothes that's going to be more comfortable, that's going to fit you well, and that you can wear pretty much anywhere that you go. And if that's the case, you need to go and check out Bird Dogs today. So go to birddogs.com slash college and enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti style tumbler. I promise you, once you put Bird Dogs on for the first time, you'll never want to take them off. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. For all of you everydayers, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen or watch here today. Don't miss out on Lockdown NBA's draft live special on Thursday night where pick-by-pick analysis from our staple of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check-ins from inside the NBA draft will all take place. Locked on NBA Draft Live is starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Locked on NBA YouTube page. I promise you, you're not going to want to miss it. All right, let's get back into the group of players for South Carolina that have the most to gain during this summer. Let's go to the other side of the trenches here with the offensive line in true freshman Marquis Anderson. Now, Marquis Anderson is another guy that was an early enrollee that went through spring practice just a couple of months ago. And based on the reports that came out of South Carolina's camp and Specifically, coaches Lonnie Teasley and Shane Beamer himself, Marquis Anderson really and 
truthfully impressed a lot of the coaching staff back in the spring in terms of how much he was absorbing all the information that they were throwing at him, basically being a sponge, which is something that can be very hard to do at times at the offensive line position. And he impressed the coaches to a point where Shane Bieber said, look, Marky Anderson, he is going to be playing for this team this upcoming season. So, once again, you can probably see where I'm going with this. Marky Anderson, he's probably going to need to put on some weight here. He was listed at 307 pounds back in spring practice. And especially if he is going to play on the interior offensive line, he's going to have to add some good weight to be able to contend and match up with some of these behemoths on these SEC defensive line units that he is going to be likely facing a lot this upcoming fall. The next player that has a lot to gain this summer is Kawad Banks, a guy that might not get talked about as much in South Carolina secondary, mainly because of the fact that you've got a variant like Marcel's Dow that's in front of him, and you've also got some star power at that safety position in Nick Evan Worry and DQ Smith. But make no mistake, Kawan Banks is a promising defensive back in Torian Gray's position group. This guy played a lot on special teams this past fall, and he also saw some snaps at times on the defensive side as well. Now, Kawan Banks went through the spring at 187 pounds, but got a lot of first-team reps due to the fact that David Spaulding and Keenan Nelson Jr. were both dealing with some injuries throughout that stretch. My point being, Kawan Banks is a guy that has handled being a defensive back in the SEC quite well up to this point, to where he was not redshirted last year. Kawan Banks is a true sophomore on this roster right now so it's clear the coaches like what they're seeing from the Florida native and now Kawan Banks to continue to trend here he needs to add some weight to his frame so that if he's going to play a spot like the nickel corner position he is going to be able to handle the physicality that that spot is going to bring because obviously if you're the nickel corner in a defense you're going to be closer to the box which also means if a run play goes to your side of the field, you're probably the first defensive back that's going to be right there to try and blow the entire play up. So Kawan Banks, you're going to have to add some good weight to your 187-pound frame, but nonetheless, he's been doing great everywhere else. He just needs to get his body to essentially catch up in a way to the progression he's made on the field and in Clayton White's defense. Let's stay at that nickel corner position, and let's talk about... D'Angelo Gibbs, a guy that is possibly the biggest wild card on this entire team heading into this upcoming season. For those of you who may not know the story at this point surrounding D'Angelo Gibbs, D'Angelo Gibbs was a highly touted four-star prospect from the 2017 recruiting class. We're talking top 100 prospects. So Gibbs was one of the best in that cycle. He went to Georgia. Things did not seem to really work out there. He eventually wound up in Tennessee, I believe this past season or two seasons ago. Once again, couldn't seem to find his footing in Knoxville. So now, yes, it is 2023. And yes, D'Angelo Gibbs is still playing college football. This likely being his final season of college ball. 
but he liked what he was seeing with Shane Beamer and Cyphermile's program down here, and he's now a preferred walk-on in the secondary. And this has a chance to be a really good bargain for Shane Beamer and this coaching staff, because D'Angelo Gibbs has always had the athletic tools. Nobody has ever questioned that. But again, with the relaxed rules now that the NCAA has when it comes to organized team activities throughout this summer period, D'Angelo Gibbs now can get some more instruction maybe from Torian Gray, from some of the graduate assistants on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to the nuances of the defensive backfield. And if D'Angelo Gibbs, you know, he continues to get in better shape because admittedly Shane Beamer said back in the spring that he came here in not the greatest of shape and that got changed very quickly, of course, by Luke Day. If he can sort of really find a groove in each of these areas, then D'Angelo Gibbs could be a guy that makes an impact for this team in 2023, not just on special teams, but maybe on defense as well. And then the last guy I want to talk about here real quick is defensive tackle Elijah Davis, which once again, same kind of deal as some of these other guys. Elijah Davis, a guy that's got a ton of potential, was the number one junior college interior defensive lineman for the 2023 recruiting class. This was a massive win for South Carolina. They got Elijah Davis over the likes of Alabama and Tennessee, two programs that really wanted Davis badly, especially, I believe, the Tennessee Volunteers at the very end. But the Gamecocks managed to bring Elijah Davis back home to the Palmetto State. Elijah Davis, the thing with him is he does have a smaller frame right now for his position. He was listed at 285 pounds back in the spring, and there were even some reports that he was even smaller than that before spring practice began. So it's good to see that Elijah Davis has seemingly already added some good weight to that frame of his, but he's going to have to continue to do that this summer because, again, in the SEC, pretty much every offensive lineman that you're facing is probably at least 300 pounds or bigger. And unless you are, say, an Aaron Donald, who has overall, from a weight perspective, a smaller frame, but obviously, it's just phenomenal in terms of his leverage and sheer raw power and strength, then you're probably not going to see a ton of success against these offensive linemen, especially in something like the running game, where if you're in Elijah Davis's position, you're going to see a ton of double teams from these offensive line units. So he's got to add on some more good weight so that he can be an even bigger fixture in the defensive line rotation in 2023. Okay, now I've talked a lot about the football team to this point and which guys, again, have the most to gain throughout this summer stretch, but there was also some big news for South Carolina's baseball program on Tuesday as the program officially announced that they have made a new pitching coach hire in Liberty's Matt Williams. Matt Williams spent the past four seasons up in Lynchburg, Virginia, a stretch which saw the Flames make the NCAA Regionals for three consecutive seasons, the first time in school history that that had ever occurred. Matt Williams, I believe, was a part of the team for the latter two trips to the NCAA Regionals. So he was a big reason why, over the past couple of years, Liberty has seen one of their better stretches in the program's history. And when looking at Matt Williams' overall resume and journey that's brought him to South Carolina, this guy's going to bring a lot to the Gamecocks. The first thing that's notable about Matt Williams' resume is Matt Williams has got several ties to the Palmetto State. 
He played high school baseball at Lancaster. He played at Spartanburg Methodist Junior College, where in his sophomore season, the Pioneers went on to the NJCAA College World Series. He got his coaching start in Spartanburg, where he helped his old college coach from Spartanburg Methodist in Tim Wallace coach the Spartanburg American Legion post-2018. And then between 2006 and 2013, Matt served as both the pitching coordinator and the recruiting coordinator for Spartanburg Methodist. And in that time period, Matt Williams helped the Pioneers make it to the Junior College World Series on four different occasions. So some of the best years that that program has ever seen, Matt Williams was a big part of that. Now, another thing that stands out to me about Matt Williams is he's got a proven track record, both when it comes to individual development and also team development as well. While coaching with UNC Wilmington between the years of 2014 and 2018, Williams helped the Seahawks break their school record for strikeouts in a season, not just on one occasion, but on two different occasions. And when fast-forwarding to his time at Liberty, Williams also coached three different All-American pitchers in that stretch, including a 2021 National Pitcher of the Year finalist in Trevor DeLay. And eight of his pitchers up to this point in his coaching career have been named first-team All-Conference selections at each of his respective stops. So again, individually and from an overall pitching staff standpoint, Matt Williams clearly has an ability to make guys better. And obviously, that's something that you want to see when a coach is at certain stops for an elongated period of time. And then the other thing that sticks out about South Carolina's new pitching coach in Matt Williams is it seems like that Matt Williams has a power pitching approach that he brings to his pitching staffs. Williams' pitching staffs have an all-time strikeout-to-walk ratio of 2.02. And when it comes to strikeouts per nine innings, his pitching staffs have averaged 8.55 strikeouts for every single contest that his teams have been a part of. So, why is that important? Well, the thing is, in the SEC, you've got to match power with power, okay? You're not going to get by in this conference having pitchers that are going to throw 88, 89, 90, 91. Sure, it can buy you a few innings against some of maybe the worst teams in this conference, and yes, it's not a terrible thing to have maybe some relievers in your bullpen that are going to bring that kind of approach to the mound. But as an overall pitching staff, these days, you've got to have some guys that throw absolute gas. And it seems like that, that is something that Matt Williams prioritizes a great deal. And you look at South Carolina this past season. They had guys like Jack Mahoney, a guy like James Hicks, and Will Sanders. Guys that could throw in the mid-90s with their fastballs. And that's something that, again, you've got to have in the SEC. Does it mean that you're going to make it all the way to the College World Series automatically if you've got like five, six guys that can throw the, into the mid-upper 90s? No, it does not. 
but it is something that needs to be an ingrained philosophy in your program when it comes to baseball in the SEC. That's not going to be an issue with Matt Williams. So all in all, Matt Williams has got the connections in the Palmetto State. He has got a proven track record of individual and team development. And he also has got the right approach that he is bringing to Columbia. For all of those reasons, this is a really good hire for South Carolina. And again, I talked about this on the Tuesday show. Justin Parker did some really good things while he was here in Columbia. But Matt Williams, with what he's done to this point, imagine what he could do now with SEC resources. Coaching for a program where the history, in a lot of ways, speaks for itself. Unlike programs like Liberty and UNC Wilmington. No offense to those programs. But Matt Williams is going to have a much higher ceiling now as an assistant coach because of the fact that he's now coming to Columbia. And likewise, for Mark Kingston and the pitchers that are remaining on this roster heading into 2024, it seems like that they are getting a pitching coach that is going to bring the right mindset in terms of development and overall strategy to this program. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on the guys that I listed as having the most to gain throughout this summer stretch? Do you think Nicholas Harper has the most to gain out of all these guys? Or do you think it's a different player? And also, what are your overall opinions on Matt Williams, South Carolina's new pitching coach? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube, or if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at a line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to your comment as quickly as I see it. Once again, thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.